Hi, this is Megan Johnson, the senior producer at TSN and contributor for women's soccer, and you're listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm one half your host today, Justin Williams. And you know, I'm never alone. I'm with the man who makes me sound good over the mic, the one who knows everything about NFTs. And if you haven't yet, go to our website, prosportspodcasters.com, sign up for the newsletter, and Kobe will let you know how to make money off of NFTs. Specifically right now, he's really rocking so rare, and the dude's killing it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, the one who I look up to for pretty much everything in life, Mr. Colbert Durant. Kobe, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today? I am living the dream because we have a guest with us who covers a lot of sports in which you and I both talk about, Ni, who unfortunately isn't here, but he also talks about this a lot, and we've been a part of for a little bit too. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a woman who is a writer and producer for TSN, a senior producer, I might add, and who also covers the women's national team for soccer and hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Megan Johnson. Megan, how you doing? Doing all right. Thanks so much for having me. Any time. Now, before we get started, do you want to talk uh, soccer or do you want to talk hockey? Which one first? Uh, maybe soccer first. It's a little more on my brain right now with the Women's World Cup right around the corner. Oh, that's what I was going to say. First question for you. How pumped are you for the Women's World Cup? Also, expecting to break records this year. Tell me how you feel. Oh, so, so excited. Honestly, I actually, I just returned from uh, mat leave this week and I specifically uh, came back a little early to work on the Women's World Cup. Women's soccer is just such a passion of mine and I knew I, I really wanted to to be involved with this and to get the chance to actually go to Australia. It's my, it will be my first time uh, being at a World Cup and, and covering it for TSN, uh, working on the production side. So, oh yeah, just can't wait. Oh, well, first off, congratulations, number one. Number two, unfortunately, me, who's actually from Australia, couldn't be here, but I'm sure he'd say something like, crikey, or koalas, but moving <laughs> forward. Do you know which game you'll be attending first? Is it the New Zealand-Norway game? Is it the Australia versus Ireland game? The Canada-Nigeria one? It, I'll be specifically working uh, like on Canada with a focus on Canada, so it'll be uh, Canada-Nigeria. Brilliant. Now, with that match on the 20th, that's 8.30 p.m., I guess not Eastern Central, I guess. Pacific? No. Mountain time, I guess. Yeah, I'm in mountain time right now. I'm in Saskatchewan, so I'm trying to figure out the time zone difference from when I'm talking to you guys. With that happening, who are you most excited to see start the pitch, starting 11? For Canada? Yeah. Um, yeah, there, you know, there's, it's always exciting. I'm excited to see Kaylin Sheridan kind of, you know, take the reins at her first major tournament for sure. Um, you know, obviously there's some big shoes to fill with Steph Labby and her heroics at the Olympics, but you know, Sheridan is very much, uh, more than willing, but more than capable as well. Um, she's been, you know, very strong in the NWSL for many seasons now. One goalkeeper of the year last year was also the, uh, Golden Glove at the CONCACAF W Championship, the qualification for the World Cup. 
up. So I'm really excited to see her kind of take that on and, and take on this kind of a new role, but kind of not for her for Canada. I think she could really make some waves, so to speak, playing for the San Diego wave, but um, which could really make some waves on the international stage for sure. And, you know, a couple of players that have kind of come on for Canada in the past year or so that I'm excited to see what they could do. Chloe Lacasse comes to mind. Um, she's just been absolutely dominant in the, in the Portuguese Women's League for uh, Benfica and rumored to be, uh, she has confirmed that she's moving on from Benfica. The rumors are that she'll be going to Arsenal, not confirmed yet. But yeah, like Champions League as well. I think if I'm not mistaken, she was tied for the second highest score in the tournament and Benfica got knocked out in the group stage. So just to kind of show what she's capable of as well. So, you know, it's always kind of the, the conversation around Canada is, or at least for the, the past few years, is where are the goals going to come from? And uh, Lacasse could definitely, you know, help contribute in that area. Well, hopefully the rest of the World Cup competition or competitors are not listening to this episode, at least till after <laughs> we win the whole thing. But if uh, if she does join Arsenal, she'll be like chilling alongside Sabrina D'Angelo. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Which, I mean, that will help later for future years, assuming both of them kind of stay in Arsenal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, it, it doesn't hurt that the strength of our team is our defense. Okay, that does not hurt. I think to beat Canada, you have to beat them defensively. So the goals will come. Where they come from, who knows, but the goals will come. Now, as a Canadian, obviously, we're excited for this event because our most recent international tournament, we won the Olympic championship. So we're coming in with a, a full head of steam. But for a lot of other countries, women's soccer is still developing, although I think it's reached a point where it's far more competitive at an international level. Would you say this event is the one to really put women's soccer on the international stage? Uh, you know, you always hope so, hope so for sure. Um, you've seen there like a lot of promise. Um, this is the, the first women's world cup that's, uh, expanded to 32 teams. It's been 24 for the past couple of years. So obviously a lot of opportunities for some new countries and new federations. You have, uh, eight countries making their debuts at this tournament, um, which is just, you know, fantastic for the growth of the game for these other countries and federations to get that experience that they haven't had before. Um, and just other things too. You've seen some record ticket sales already in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and just the, the growth of the game that you've seen in the past few years, you know, the women's Euro last year um, that had record viewership there and just uh, England obviously winning that and continuing that success with their domestic league, the Women's Super League as well. So I think, yeah, you, you could definitely see some some more records being broken at this World Cup, hopefully some, some viewership records and things like that as, you know, women's soccer just continues to, to climb and climb. For sure. And I mean, you had mentioned Arsenal as one of the club level teams that will be well represented at this particular World Cup. There are a number of specific club level teams that, that jump out to me like Lyon, Barcelona, uh, NWSL has a couple of good teams. So there are a few teams that we'll see a number of players that will all be very familiar with each other. Is there a specific team that you think has an advantage when it comes to creating a core group of players that pretty much play together year-round? You know, Spain kind of always comes to mind uh, in regards to that, just because so much of their roster is kind of traditionally made up of Barcelona players. Mm -hmm. um, of course, the issue now is um, a lot of the players are, um, you know, taking issue with their federation. It's kind of unfortunately a common theme with a lot of women's teams right now with different battles going on with federations. And Spain is missing a few key players that have said uh, 
that have sat out or decided to sit out for the World Cup and not be selected for the team. Just looking for some more, you know, equitable treatment and things like that. Players like Mappy Leong uh, comes to mind definitely. So that being said, though, they still have a lot of strong players. Alexia Puteas is coming back on the roster, the two-time uh, Ballon d'Or winner there. So yeah, Spain, de- as I said, definitely comes to mind. Even the U.S. as well, with I think almost all of their players except for Lindsay Horan play in the NWSL. Mm-hmm. So players that you know might not be on the same team but see each other regularly so there's some good cohesion there as well how excited are you for a league in canada oh yeah (laughs) um (laughs) long long time coming for sure unfortunately but very excited and you know hard pressed to think of uh anyone better than diana matheson to to lead that league and spearhead the that initiative for sure. Um, just what it'll hope, you know, hopefully what it'll do for the game, for the growth of Canadian soccer to give, you know, not only the, the top players in Canada a place to play at home in front of home crowds, but, you know, these Canadian players that are traditionally displaced. And I know Diana Matheson has talked about this where these Canadian players, they, they go usually to play their college soccer in the States. And then yeah. after that, if they're not drafted, Drafted in the NWSL, they have nowhere to go. Maybe they can go overseas to play, but otherwise, they're they, they're basically out of options. So, to try to rectify that, to give these Canadian players a path, a pathway to keep them playing, um, because who knows what can happen? You see it in the NWSL all the time with U.S. players, the players that might not have been on the radar for the national team, and then suddenly in the NWSL, they just start killing it and become a mainstay on the team. So that. That can hopefully now happen for the Canadian national team. Definitely. Yeah, looking forward to that. So am I. I'm also looking forward to seeing Christine Sinclair play, although we do believe it is going to be her last World Cup appearance. Has she announced if she will play for the Olympic squad? She has not, no. She has said that it was about the end of last year, just after she had won uh, the NWSL championship with Portland, that she was coming in back for another year with both Portland and the Canadian national team. So she had committed to the World Cup uh, mm-hmm. and it kind of said beyond that, she, yeah, not committed. Um, you know, she just turned 40 not too long ago. Um, but if there is anyone I could see playing, you know, into their 40s, it's definitely Christine Sinclair. But no, she hasn't committed to any anything beyond this year. Her and Zlatan Ibrahimovic have found some fountain of youth and they're selfishly <laughs> not sharing it with the rest of us Yeah, because I'm 29, <laughs> but I look older than both of them. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's unfair because I'm, yeah, I'm almost the, uh, the same age as Sinclair. I'm a year younger and like, I just play in my women's rec league and like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I'm, I'm getting to that age now or like, I don't know how much longer I could do this. <laughs> I've heard uh, once you hit your 30s, you can throw your black out, your back out by blinking. I don't know if that's true. I have one year to figure that out. Yeah, that, uh, that, that might be true. I'm sad to say. <laughs> now, coming up with this World Cup, obviously everyone has their eyes on this. Who is your dark horse for this? I have mine, but I don't know if it's the same as yours. 
Hmm. Good question. Um, you know what? Kind of, you know, I've obviously been focusing focusing on Group B a lot in Canada's group, and I'm intrigued by Ireland for sure. Kind of a bit of a wild card. Um, you know, there's not a lot of history specifically talking about Canada and Ireland, but you look at um, Ireland played the U.S. in a pair of friendlies earlier this year, and they were very close games. Uh, they lo- they ended up losing both, but it was a two nothing loss and a one nothing loss. And they like obviously very tightly contested games uh, and, and very physical games too. Like Ireland definitely brought a, a strong physical style. So I really feel like they could cause some disruption in that group for sure. I think everyone looks and is probably thinking, yeah, probably Australia and probably Canada will, will get out of the group. But yeah, like not overlooking Ireland at all. Ireland was kind of the one I was looking at too, also ranking at 22nd. However, I was kind of flirting with a little bit of South Korea. They're 17th, and I haven't been able to find too, too much on them. But from what I've been told on like a little bit of research is they're actually not bad with controlling the ball. I don't know how true that is, but if that's the case, you can control the ball, you can control the pace. And even if you're down by one, you can still make it a close match and make people sweat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they they could cause some disruption as well. And if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, Canada played uh, friendly against South Korea just before they went to the CONCACAF qualifiers. And I think they ended up losing that game one nothing. I was sick at the time, actually. So I didn't I wasn't able to attend that game. But yeah, again, it's it's a team that you you can't overlook. Uh, So they tied 0-0 on June 26th. Ah, thank you. Okay. Yep, anytime. But yeah, yeah. So they, they, that was uh, that's true. Actually, kind of forgot about that game. Are you ready to stay fit this winter? Get off the couch with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. Sign up now to their mobility and movement program. Use the code PSP15 to get fifteen percent off the one-time purchase of the program. Then it's yours forever. No additional subscriptions or fees. The program is available worldwide. Now back to the show. My buddy, he uh, he's an avid gambler like we all are on Pro Sports Podcasters. But on Pro Sports Podcasters, bet what you can afford to lose. We bet a dollar at a time. Uh, my friend, not so much. He bet that Zambia would make it out of their Group C, which Zambia coming in at 77th and I think also making their first appearance in the World Cup. Bit of a bold move, but you know what? Maybe he knows something we don't know. That is a very bold move. That's but a yeah. crazy move. <laughs> I was like, for a dollar, what'd you put? And he's like, I didn't wager a dollar. And I'm like, I don't even want to know what you wagered then. <laughs> but you know what? If he has it, he has it. Um, is there any sort of, when, again, coming to the World Cup, we can switch to hockey eventually, but I'm really on the World no. Cup. I might just stick here for a bit. No. <laughs> no. So who do you think is going to make it out of the, uh, this is going to be an interesting one, like the group of death, which has kind of been circulating online is group H between Germany South Korea, Colombia, and Morocco. What do you think is coming out of that group? Oh, interesting. See, I would have, I still would have called Group B the group of death, uh, Canada's group. But um, I think, yeah, looking at Group H, uh, I think you got to give it to to Germany for sure. Um, If there's such a thing as a lock, I think. Yeah, I don't think they'll have too much problems getting out of the group. And then I probably would give South Korea the nod to come out of the group as well. I think it'll be close with Colombia. But I, yeah, I, I would give a slight nod to South Korea there. And I think Morocco, um, I think might be in tough. Again, they're, they're one of the eight debutantes. They could have some, some tough matches there. So I'd probably, yeah, personally, I'd be looking at Germany and South Korea. There we go. 
Now, a little fun fact for you, the German women's team needs to go teach the men's team how to play because the men have been failing miserably. And <laughs> Here we go. as a German, it, it breaks my, my heart. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm going to pass it off to the man who's never seen his team ever win a World Cup. Kobe, how you doing? Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. I would actually, personally, I would say Group D is probably the group of death in my opinion. So it shows you the Ooh. parody, right? It shows you the parody. <laughs> and I think because Group D is so strong, I think Canada almost has to win Group B because I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to face England. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> right. You, you finish runner-up in Canada's group, in all likelihood, you have England in the round of sixteen, and yeah, I would not want to face them there. Yeah, no, not at that time. Please, no. And, yeah. and, and if not, you're probably looking at Denmark or China, which is no picnic either. So. Mm-hmm. But better than England. <laughs> yeah. I would say Canada's path is a very difficult one. That's what I would say. I, I was surprised, actually, you brought up Republic of Ireland. I, I Like you said, most people would see Australia as the primary competitor to us. And, of course, it's on home soil. So, that that's an issue, too. But who do you think will have a better World Cup as a host, Australia or New Zealand? Oh, Australia. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, no disrespect to New Zealand, um, but it's New Zealand has had a, a tough time at World Cup games. Um, I don't think they've won a game yet at a World Cup. And I believe it was 2015 they made their debut. Um, it, so, you know, they're, yeah, I, it's one of those things where you can never truly discount what being a home team at a World Cup can do for a team, yeah. except maybe if you're a Qatar. But, um, you know, Australia has has really come on strong the past year. So they actually just beat England in a friendly and they ended England's, I forget what their unbeaten streak was, but it was quite a lengthy unbeaten streak that England was on before Australia won. Yeah, so Australia is interesting because sometimes you're, you're almost ready to write them off saying they just, they don't have kind of the full team they're they're still prone to defensive breakdowns every so often but then they they come out with an effort like they did against England and obviously you also just can't discount what Sam Kerr brings to a team and um what she's capable of on the pitch like she can change a game almost single-handedly you got a prediction for a golden boot winner Ooh. <laughs> um hmm. I mean the safe bets to pick an American right it kind of is, yeah. Um, <laughs> like Sam Kerr will will be up there, I think, for sure. But it obviously depends how deep of a run Australia yeah. can muster. You know, looking at American Sophia Smith, who's been, you know, on great form as well in the NWSL. Uh, and I think she will be really difficult for a lot of back lines to, to shut down. Um, and then you might have, you know, another instance of the U.S. beating a team like 13 to 1. If you look at, you know, Vietnam making their yes. uh, tournament debut in the group stage, that could be an ugly score again as well for the U.S. So, so you never know. Yeah, that's, that's one I would actually kind of like to take a good, real close look at and actually make a couple of wagers on. That'd be a fun one to follow. <laughs> 30. It was 30 games undefeated. And then, <laughs> there we go, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? And actually, the time they lost before that was to Canada. So, Canada, right. Australia, just... There you well, go. Yeah, there we go. little researcher over here. <laughs> I can work for TSN now. Anyway. <laughs> now, you're talking about Golden Boot. What about the Golden Glove? Like, who do you think is going to get that? Ooh, you know, I'm I'm going to wave my uh, 
you know, hometown or home flag here for Canada. But I, I really need to, and I have been, I know, but I really need to talk up Kaylin Sheridan um, because mm-hmm. I think like a lot of Canadians, she's overlooked internationally, especially, you know, when it comes to those conversations of the FIFA awards or like the world's best awards where those Canadian players just never seem to be part of the conversation for whatever reason. But again, you know, I point to her accolades of winning NWSL Keeper of the Year last year, CONCACAF Golden Glove. I think she's capable of putting in like a Steph Labby like performance where she just comes up huge for her country on this big stage. So I think, you know, she can definitely make a run for it. And, you know, I got to throw Mary Earps's name out there as well for England. Her performance at the era last year, you know, really propelled that team to, to be able to, to make the run and to win the tournament. Um, so I'd be looking at those two, definitely. Wow. That was uh, probably the best answer I could have heard. I honestly didn't think it was going to be that in-depth, but the fact it was makes it so much better for our content. (laughs) So kind of like you can definitely tell that you work in in sports. So with the growth and development of the FIFA World Cup in general, in 2015, we had in Canada, we broke records there. We see an incline of it happening. We're going to have our own Canadian league right now, but there's still much more work to be done. What would you like to see, Megan, going forward to help propel Canadian or women's soccer in general in Canada? Yeah, I think, you know, the domestic league is going to be huge and that that's always at the forefront or it has been at the forefront basically since Canada won that bronze medal in 2012. It's like, okay, how can we keep this momentum going? Like we need a domestic league and it's, it's always been, it feels like that same conversation where, you know, the players and everyone, the fans across the country are like, oh, we need a domestic league. Like we're falling behind. And it was that, that's basically where the conversation started and ended. So to have this, you know, in the works and and hopefully coming to fruition as the plan is in 2025 is huge. I think the other part is equitable treatment. Um, Sadly, we know all the turmoil that's been going on with the women's team in Canada soccer this year in terms of not only equal pay, um, but just equitable treatment. Um, The budget cuts that the team has had to endure in the lead up to the World Cup, the biggest tournament or one of the biggest tournaments that this team plays in. And, you know, you compare that to what the men team was given in their lead up to the World Cup last year. And it's just, it's, you know, it's kind of unbelievable that unfortunately that we're having this conversation in 2023, where the Olympic champions are having to, to deal with budget cups, to deal with, you know, camps being being cut or reduced or or things like that and you know the the article that just came out the other day by my colleague Rick Westhead talking about the um just financial turmoil that Canada soccer is apparently enduring where they're looking you know in fairness of both of the women's and men's teams that they might not even be able to play in friendlies in any of the the fall FIFA international windows coming up so just you know <laughs> that's I think that's definitely something that needs to be to addressed um i you know i don't have the answers to how to fix canada soccer but it's just you know you equitable treatment just it has to be a given at this day and age exactly and that's extremely frustrating to, to watch that even like from almost a hockey standpoint too what's going on with hockey canada and and that kind of debacle it, it, it's it sucks that it, it sucks that it's gotten to this point on a national stage in 2023 that's embarrassing and a laughing stock and it's it's almost like a shame to be canadian when it comes to how we treat our athletes 
Like, I don't even know how FIBA is doing, but I'm sure basketball is going to get cut too at this rate. <laughs> now, it, it is really unfortunate that, you know, the way Canada soccer or Canadian soccer, I should say, is kind of getting international headlines is from from this news and from the mistreatment of the women's team and, and things like that. It's definitely not what you want to see Canada soccer make headlines for. 100%. Now, we don't want to take up too, too much more of your time because you do have uh, parental duties to attend to at some point. <laughs> um, so we have a little bit of fun questions that we're going to end on if, uh, if you'd like to oblige us in this. All right. Being Canadian, what is your favorite type of poutine? Uh, I think I, I, I would just go with like the traditional poutine. Just like the, uh, you know, the regular, the craving curds. Although I have had a full, uh, a few uh, pulled pork poutine. And uh, I'm a fan of that there as we well. go. That's Justin's. That's Justin's That's favorite. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and Kobe, what do you like again? I like bacon on mine, man. I'm all about the bacon. I got asked, so did you have any crazy cravings during your pregnancy? You know what? I really didn't. I, yeah, I was kind of boring that way. No, uh, no crazy cravings. No, I was, you know, not so fun bouts of nausea for a good part of it, including like my first trimester. I was actually in Mexico for the uh, World Cup qualifiers. And like, you know, I was so eager to like have Mexican food, like authentic <laughs> Mexican food and Pregnant me was just like, no, this not, is not happening. Not so. going to happen. <laughs> no. No bueno. No bueno. Okay. Number two, have you had a beaver tail before? Oh. I have, but not in a very long time. Like, I actually, I couldn't tell you the last time I had it. I think you might need to revoke your Canadian card. No, that's a that's a rare answer though, Justin. We don't get too many people to even know what it is. Yeah, it's very true. We have some like we interviewed some Vancouver people, possibly from TSN, not gonna confirm or deny. Ooh. But they're like, What's a beaver tail? I know. I was like, for shame on you and your family. <laughs> so but uh, when you did have uh, a beaver tail, do you recall what your uh, beaver tail of choice was? Ooh, no, I don't. <laughs> Barnacles. I like the. Uh, I'm a huge fan right now of the Nutella and uh, banana. That's okay. Go to. Yeah, it's a good one. And uh, last but not least, my friend, how can our fans and family find you on social media? So I am on Twitter probably most often. Uh, Megan Johnson and Megan is spelled very funny. So it's M E A G H E N and Johnson is the regular boring way. J O H N S O N. Uh, I'm on Instagram as well, although not as active there, at least not professionally. It's mostly just pictures these days of my daughter and, and also of my cats. But you can find me there if you'd like. Same handle, uh, Megan Johnson. There we go. Thanks for joining us, Megan. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me. That was great. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience, where no sport is left behind.